This is Big Kenny from Big and Rich. Yeah! Hello, hey, hello everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello out there, all across yeah. the world. It's wonderful to be here with you today. So, t- we're going to talk mostly about music and about songwriting, but tell me just, you've had an interesting life before music. Yeah. And so just tell me just a little bit about where you are born, what you did before you got into <coughs> music and all that. Um, I am from a little town called Culpeper, Virginia. Uh, it's 90 miles southwest of Washington, D.C. Uh, I was raised on a farm that we still farm today uh, that's been in the family for a long, long time. The house I was raised in was built before the Revolutionary War. Really? I was a farmer. I'm a, I'm a builder. I had to learn how to... We always fix our own stuff, so I'm a bit of a mechanic you know, welder, all that kind of stuff, you know, like a plant and animal, like fit handyman sort of a, mm-hmm. if you need a barn built, I'm your guy, kind of a, yeah. and if you need an office tower, we'll give that hell to you, you know, yeah. so I built things, and uh, music was always kind of, um, it was something I loved, but I was kind of raised, like my mother taught us how to, make sure we all had a chance to learn how to sing, she had us in a little church choir, you know. But I, and then it had us in band, you know, where everybody got at least a taste of some sort of an instrument of my four of us siblings. And, uh, but nobody ever really said you could make a living doing this. It was, you, you got to learn how fun. to do something to be productive in life, but this yeah. is a, a thing that'll make your life better. Yeah. But, you know, not, not really to the point where I would grow up thinking, oh, wow, you know, I'm. <laughs> I gotta go to school. I get out of high school. I'm getting in my car, and I'm going to Nashville, and I'm gonna start writing songs. And yeah, yeah. I thought I had to build stuff, so I did. Except uh, the great creator had some other things in mind, and and um, it was this one year, man, where the economy just pretty much crashed, and it just put everything that was anything like in the building business out of business. And so I tried to build my way out of everything that I, I could at that point in my life. Um, and uh, once I was done, I just kind of got this idea that I was gonna, you know, maybe that was the creator's way of saying, maybe you ought to just go try something else. And, uh, you know, some friends had like been telling me, said, dude, you ought to go to Nashville. You, know, you sang pretty good. So I always just sang along to the radio and the jobs, you know. We slamming nails and singing. And uh, so I packed my stuff up one day and I came down here. And that was uh, summer of 1994. And I started writing songs like a farmer. I'd get up in the morning and I'd freaking write. And then I'd get something to eat and I'd try to write another one. And then I would go out and I'd meet people or I'd play my songs somewhere or, you know, just, just kind of, I didn't know anybody when I came here. I just freaking went for it. And uh, within a year, uh, within three months, I had a band together here, and I was playing four nights a week. And um, within about a year, I got a, my first publishing offer to write for someone. I, and I ended up taking a deal with Famous Music, um, which is a Paramount publishing house at that point in time. And um, I was a writer, so I was getting paid to write songs. And I, can't beat that. That's a big deal. That's yeah. a big deal. I mean, a hit's a big deal, but when you just, like, when you're completely green in the right, and I didn't know anything about it. I, I came here and just learned everything just a good old-fashioned way, just 
jump in there elbow deep and go for it. <clears throat> and uh, lo and behold, we got a writing deal. And then uh, um, about three years into that, I was playing out with my band. At the same time, I was writing country songs for them, trying to get stuff cut. Um, I uh, was also recording songs that made me fit into a little more of the bigger Big Kenny, you know, artist concept. They were a little more kind of kind of songs that might probably wasn't going to get cut as a as a country take right off the bat. <clears throat> but in doing that and having a band that's playing out all the time, I got uh, <clears throat> I played a festival sort of a. It was almost like a South by Southwest called sort of a thing that was happening here in Nashville. And on a Friday night and on a Monday morning, I got a phone call from two record labels, one in New York and one in L.A. And both of them wanted me to fly me there. And it's just nuts. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like you, you go, go, go all the time going, when the hell is anything ever going to happen? I'm gonna, I, how much more can I possibly get on this credit card? How am I going to pull this off? I mean, I had well over $100,000 on credit cards two times, man. Really? The risk I took was just, I don't—I didn't call it risk. I just thought that was whatever was going to be necessary. If I didn't believe in myself, who in the hell was going to? But you're a really good businessman. And I, and I know that's well, affected what you do. And one of the things we're always encouraging people, because I think a lot of creative people are not. You know, a lot of creative people are just like, cut my song I'll sign it don't it doesn't matter you know yeah. but like what what kind of advice do you have for people that are trying to get into the business about on the business side of like mm -hmm. you know what what kinds of advice would you like you know, to have we, had early on or would you would well you tell we, people? we touched on one there which was um <clears throat> I think it's some simple things that no one ever thinks to even ask about but is to make sure if the deal doesn't work if you know you get together whatever kind of deals you're doing and deals are changing immensely now you know the way uh, things have to work in entertainment business i mean it's totally totally evolving like crazy change from the way the contracts the two label contracts that i've signed or 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 publishing contracts it's just if it doesn't work you get you the rights to your stuff back in some way shape or form mm -hmm. so that you can go work it again you know if, if it didn't work with someone it could be what you did you know okay my fault well if that's the case then why not let me have it back <laughs> but let's say it was not maybe let, let's say it's just the timing wasn't it or too many things were happening with the partner you signed with and it couldn't get the energy it deserved well those songs ought to be able to be used again you shouldn't have art put in a closet man and, and locked up where nobody can get to it. That's the thing that, that just as an artist, it puts you, songwriters and artists, yeah, and an artist is an artist, an entertainer is an artist, that just makes you feel sick. You know, if you've got songs that you've written that mean something to you and then you can't do anything with them. Right. So I, that's one of the big things, I think. And, and it's probably something on the end of a discussion of a contract. It's not one of the first things they're going to think of. Mm -hmm. So when you get down to the point of, okay, I'll do this, but this is what I need. I get the, I get this back. If this doesn't work, yeah. great, great, I'll try your way. But if it doesn't work, I get it back. So that's a simple thing. Um, other things, get a great, you got to get a good attorney. I mean, it's just it's the way it is. You know, no one can know all the stuff that goes on. But having someone who works in a lot of deals, they know the kind of things that happen to the highest degree is the one who's that is going to be able to do the best negotiation for the artist, for the creator. Right. 
That's great advice. You want to play us a song? Mm-hmm. Live in person? Yeah. I want to play this one. This is uh, um, one that you and I uh, wrote, actually. Oh. And I, I just love this song, and I, I think it's just, it's, it's, um, well, it's exactly what a song ought to be. <laughs> there you go. Well, everybody's got something to say. On a special day like today Minds don't worry about tomorrow Don't live in yesterday We're all gonna make some mistakes And if you ever gonna lie Cheat or steal Promise me, promise me you will Steal a kiss Cheat on death If you're gonna lie, if you're gonna lie, if you're gonna lie, oh, lie. Well, up to one that you love. Keeps you warm in the night, can't go wrong when it's so right. Good loving is the secret to life, and it comes with forgiveness. Some things ain't forgiven All the trouble that you get You're gonna need it And if you ever gonna lie Cheat or steal Promise me, promise me you will Steal a kiss Cheat on death Help me out, y'all If you're gonna lie, if you're gonna lie If you're gonna lie Before somebody shows their ass And let's all raise a glass To the blessings we have Here, here, to the blessings, y'all, to the blessings You gonna help me out now? And if you ever gonna lie Cheat or steal Promise me, promise me you will steal a kiss. She don't Here we go. If you're gonna lie, if you're gonna lie, if you're gonna lie, oh, lie, lie. What the one that you love? Oh, baby, lie. Do you, have, do you have kind of an approach to songwriting, or I mean, when you come in every day, what, yeah, the, what, what's your approach? My only, my only approach to uh, songwriting is simply to just keep my antennas up, because I think that so much of the process of, of, of songwriting is just a 
great idea. And whether it be a you know a great song title, a great story, a great um, melody, it's just a great idea. And, and just keeping those up, and and it, and they can come to you anywhere. A lot of times they do when you least expect it. So I think it's just just staying open and staying keeping you. You know, just staying tuned in with everything around, you know, just just kind of being able to listen in life sometimes and just catch it or even catch yourself when you say it. And uh, as all of those things come from that sort of a stuff, you got you to catch that part of it before you can sculpt it. And then I think it's just years and years of experience. You know, you, you, you ultimately, you begin by sculpting things just because that's what you know or that's what you love or depending on whatever your constraints are. And then as your constraints open or close, you know, I guess you'd kind of, you know, sometimes I'm trying to, I, I know there were times we said we're gonna, definitely gonna write up tempo, so we guided ourselves somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were times where I don't think you ever can put yourself on anything, really. It's just, it's so hard to thread that needle at the same time. It's like going into a writing session saying, this artist is looking for a song and you're going to try to write towards that. Well, you got to have something to write towards. So it's at least a cool idea to start with that day. But I think ultimately, you just got to write a lot. You know? And have you do it. Try everything you can think of, like what Bobby Braddock said. You know? If once, <laughs> Lord knows what's going to work. And man, it's hard as hell. Let's repeat that one time. It's hard <laughs> as hell to get a song uh, heard. However, you know, you've either got to perform it yourself or depend on somebody else to do it. And then you're up against the challenge of the best of the best everywhere, you know, and everybody's trying to, you know, get that golden ring of having hit songs. And then there's only so many that can even be on radio stations at one time. And, you know, depending on if you're writing genre specific, you even limit yourself further. I've, I've kind of, you know, as a writer, I guess I've always and a performer i think i've always crossed some genres you know thus the music mafia music without prejudice that's what this says on the inside of it it says without prejudice music mafia godfather without prejudice because that was the whole idea man we just all get together nobody's got to judge anybody's kind of music the only differences there are is just if it's great if you can hold an audience then you're welcome here you know and so then you knew that it would just kind of build itself and I've seen that that sort of a concept continue to work here around Nashville, man. Just groups and groups of artists have, you know, blossomed out of here ever since, and a lot of great artists here have gotten signed like that. So that's a good thing to be. This is something that's really important about songwriting, too. I want to bring this up. I think one of the greatest places that, that songs come from is when buddies get together and they just have some conversation over what is important in their lives or mm-hmm. what is going on in your life at that point in time. And 90% of the time, you know, that's where your ideas will start coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just living, but paying attention at the same time. You know, you're working, but you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Somebody wanted to know when Save a Horse Ride a Cowboy came out, did you get any pushback from the powers that be because it was kind of racy at the time? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> of course. Um, we rewrote the song a few times. When I say rewrote, we changed a few words you know, and tried to find some words that were just a little more um, well, acceptable. 
acceptable because you know you if it's, if radio's gonna play it there are definitely some constraints out there that there are kind of firm edges on them those edges can change over decades and time and years but that at any given time there probably is some firm edges there that, that can just cut you out and i mean and even at the this the place that that save a horse went i mean we were contested even though we had changed the, the lyric a lot there were people social media was just starting to come about at that point um and but there were people that just said this is the ruination of country music <laughs> This the ruination of country music. But then there were places that were playing it, like the Dallas Bowl down in Tampa, and kaboom, it blew up, man. Next thing you know, they're saying, hey, can you guys come down here and play some of these songs? We got a club. I'd love to have you. John and me show up there with a couple acoustic guitars. There's 20 security guys in front of us locked arm in arm trying to keep these people with so many people pushing in that place, trying to push that stage over, man. It was just... The ones that got it, they loved it. The ones that didn't, well, I guess it just wasn't that thing. But, you know, sometimes you just got to do stuff for the people that get it and love it. And the others, you're not going to do it all for them. That's why I like doing different songs in different veins. Like, you know, even that song, I got to remember how to do it. I this way. Well, I love my hope and I ride into the city. I make a lot of noise. Cause the girls, they are so pretty Be lighting up in them Broadway On my old studly ride And the girls say Save a horse, ride a cowboy Save a horse, ride a cowboy Save a horse, ride a cowboy <laughs> Thanks for being here, my friend Thanks Love all y'all big time. Thank you so much Have for having night. me, Mark. You rock. Thanks for you rock. Out. Everybody got to be rocking out in Songtown. <laughs> right here, right here, right here, y'all. Love you guys. Peace. Hey, let's thank our Sweetwater sponsors. Great company. I get all my gear from them. Um, so can't say enough great things about Sweetwater. There's a link in the show notes to some books Clay and I have written. Clay's got a great book on melody writing that's now out on audible see you next time